Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Smitty, and we have another episode of the podcast known as Talking Schmidt. We try to come out every Tuesday with a new episode, usually an interview with a skateboarder, sometimes a musician, an artist, uh, uh, whatever you have. We've done actors. We're going to dive into the punk rock scene soon. Hip hop. Mr. Fab, I'm talking to you. Anyway, today on the show, kids. Neen Williams. I think we're going to have an uplifting show today. We're going to get informed about how to eat properly, how to exercise properly, and get our bodies and minds in the best condition we can get in so that we can skateboard as long into life as possible. Bro, I need that. Looking forward to that. Also, the Tickety Tack crew still does not have a new advertisement, but they still back the show. So, drum roll, please. 
Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. PSA time. The artist formerly known as Timothy Donald McKenney. He's out there fishing. I just talked to him yesterday and he's really... He's got the fucking best uh, line in the book. I'm sitting there venting at him, screaming like he does to me occasionally, like we're the yin to each other's yang. And all of a sudden he's like, dude, what you got to do is get on Spotify, go to Led Zeppelin, and play the song, Nobody's Fault But Mine. Touche, my friend. Touche. This is hot off the press. If you can't see it, I'll describe it to you. It's a black t-shirt with a Thrasher magazine cover on it. And on that cover is friend of the show, Fred Gall. Like I said, I'm trying to not work. Switch 5-0 down Hubba Hideout in San Francisco. Shout fucking out. Out. Shout out. All right. Anyway, look who it is. Look who it is. Look who the fuck it is. Ah! This is Neen Williams, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool. Like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. All big dogs in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything changed. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. You're going to come out different. <laughs> My pants, man. The Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? Thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Smitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yay! Hello, everybody. Today we are, I'm stoked. I'm, I drank a little too much coffee. I'm fired up. I've been wanting to do this for a couple of weeks. And finally, the window of opportunity is here. I think he's in Austin, Texas. He's somewhere in Texas. This is Neen Williams. What's up, Neen? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Dude. so stoked. You got a solid sticker selection behind you there. I know. If you got any you want to send that you got triples or quadruples of I'm down. I got so many stickers, man. You, you collect them? <laughs> well, I just have them, you know, from sponsors and stuff and throughout the years. Okay. I think we uh, need to, I'm, I'm pretty sure there might not be a Satori one up there. So uh, I think you need a Shake John, a Satori, I yeah. see. Uh, I think I got Baker. <laughs> yeah, you got Baker. You need a Death Wish up need there. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told uh, J-Bo and I was like, dude, you guys should make those. Like when I was a kid, we used to get this stickers of the pros graphic. Like Mark Gonzalez would have his own sticker for his board. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's 
too expensive it seems like it's not but if you had a cool series come out and you made stickers for all those boards like you know like neck faces graphics and it's like the neen williams that's a sick one because then you're going to be hyped to be like throwing them out to kids yeah you know what i mean yeah that would be rad those are the ones i love for the thing because it's like you know i used to have like chris pastris and fucking the nodis or whoever and it's Mm -hmm. just like the guy like my favorite skater it's like putting it on the wall yeah it's so dope yeah i'm stoked we got this to uh work out and thank you for inviting me to chat with you Absolutely. A good friend of mine, Tim McKenney, a while back, he was like, dude, Neen's crushing it. You got to get Neen on me. Like, so we've been, it's been in the atmosphere for a minute. Um, are yeah. you in Austin? I'm in uh, Fort Worth, so I'm closer to Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my wife is from here. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so you guys got a, you got a place there right before the baby? Yeah, Um Initially, like when we decided to move out here, we were just like, um, we're going to move out here. We're going to get a house and then we're going to get married and then we're going to have a child. And that was kind of our our plan, you know. Mm. So it was cool. Kind of all kind of worked together, (laughs) you know, worked out. Yeah, dude. Life goals. What year did you get married? Uh, Last year. We've been married for about 10 months now. Wait a minute. What date? Uh, September 24th, I believe. August 16th last year. No way. <laughs> so yeah, we're both the same. Okay. There we go. A month away. I think we got some parallels. You're, you're going to see it come up as we talk. <laughs> That's um, crazy, man. How's Fort Worth compared to the south side of Chicago, man? <laughs> I, I mean, it's great. You know, it's uh, definitely a change, change of pace, but it, it's awesome. You know, people are super nice and uh-huh. There's tons of good food, good barbecue, tons of good spots, you know. Um, the barbecue is yeah. out of hand, right? Yeah, it's you can't you can't miss. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so good. Like if you're doing barbecue in Texas, it's like it's going to be amazing regardless. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how close is it to Austin? Two and a half hours. And Figgy just moved to Austin, right? Or somewhere down there? Yeah, he's somewhere in Austin. Sometimes he comes up here or I'll see him down there. So it's cool, like oh. having a, a good friend close, you know? Yeah, dude, that rules. Okay. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about growing up in Chicago. Like, what was that like for you growing up in South Side of Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool. Uh, I had, like, um, you know, real, really caring family. Um, we just hung out and ate a bunch of food all the time and had a bunch of friends. And I, I didn't pick up skating till like, um, like 13 or 14. Cause oh, okay. we moved to the suburbs of Chicago for like a year. And I went to school out there and the kids out there, some of them skated. So I picked up skating from them and then brought it back to the South side of Chicago. Cause we moved right back on the same block and everything. So, Oh, re- yeah, so I kind of like moved away, learned how to skate, came back, brought it back with me. And yeah, growing up was cool, man. Um, just skating with friends every single day and just, you know, having a good time. You know how that is. Yeah, I mean, me and my wife love Chicago. Like we kind of 
like I know this will get me into trouble, but we kind of like it more than New York. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, but, it's uh, an awesome place, you know, especially if you catch it at the right time, you know, if weather wise, you, right? It's yeah, important. <laughs> yeah. If it if it's cold, it's cold. If it's yeah. hot, it's hot. But there's like certain days that pop up that are just amazing. Did you get into the sports vibe at all? Like, were you a, a, a Cubs fan or a Bulls fan or Bears or all of them or none of them? To tell you the truth, I was never really into sports other than skateboarding. That's huh. kind of all I did. I, I skated. Um, I'm, I did a lot of artwork, um, sculpture, drawing, you know, sketching, like a bunch of random artwork stuff, skating. And then in high school, I was a wrestler for a little bit. Mm. But that's about it. You know, I never really got into basketball, football, baseball, like none of that really just kind of skated with my friends. <laughs> but, but you were into wrestling, right? Yeah. And that came, I mean, I was always a really hyperactive kid. So even in like grade school and high school and stuff, it's like we always would go to the parks after school and we would all just battle royale you know we'd watch like wwe and stuff and just get all Are stoked and just like start tossing each other around and stuff and i uh when high school came then i got onto the wrestling team and stuff so i did that for a little bit who are you stoked on in wwe in those days like well, who are your guys dude i, I think probably like this generation x you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just all those guys. Degeneration, you know? yeah. Yeah, because they're like the out down, Yeah, they're like the outlaws, just kind of fucking breaking the rules and hey, kicking everyone's ass. Holland, Na <laughs> Nash with Triple X. They, they they give the best interviews too. Like I always tell my wife, I was like, we didn't watch wrestling really for the wrestling. We watch it for them to talk shit. Like Roddy <laughs> Piper was my dude because he could just Hell, put yes. everyone in his place. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. so good yeah we so many that. good times with that yeah my mom took us to uh to the cow palace and we'd have front row for cage matches and shit it was Damn. so yeah it was cool i got some photos of like uh bret hart and hogan and some of those mm -hmm. early, i think it was probably like late 80s you know pretty yeah pretty, yeah so that That's was so cool. rad uh did you end up um crossing paths with sinner and marissa back then or not till later yeah, I met them back in Chicago later on, kind of when I already knew how to skate somewhat. Um, uh. There was a skate park. It was a LaGrange YMCA. Mm. And LaGrange is a uh, suburb of Chicago. It's only like 30, 40 minutes from downtown. And um, that's where Sinner and Marissa lived. They lived in the same town and they happened to have the same exact birthday and they were the same exact age <laughs> and no they both way. skated and they were both really good at skateboarding. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I met them at that skate park. I would go maybe once or twice a week because it was a little bit away from my house. I wasn't able to drive yet. So my mom would take me and, you know, I'd 
I would see them there every day and they're kind of like the two people that were, you know, up on the top, they're kids, but they're like gnarly kids. And, you know, I was a kid too. And we just kind of meshed together and started skating together. It was huh. super awesome. You know, they kind of took me in, you know, they already hung out with each other a little bit. Okay. And then they just kind of like, Oh, this, there's this random city kid. Like we'll take him in. Like well, he, he could skate with us, you know, and it was super nice of them, you know? Yeah. Is, is your first flip trick a heel flip or do we, do you get a kick? What's your first flip trick? Um, I may have kick flipped first, but I remember, so it's so weird. Cause I started skating in the winter of Chicago uh -huh. and there was snow on the ground. It was cold. So I started skating on the carpet without moving. So I would just stand on my skateboard and I would do like, try to do tricks. Um, I think I learned how to either switch kickflip or switch heel flip first because I didn't know what stance I was because I wasn't able to push yet. So, <laughs> so, so I learned how to flip the board with, I forget which side, I think it was switch. It might've been a heel flip, a switch heel flip. And then come springtime when it was warm outside, you know, I tried to skate outside, but I couldn't push the way I learned how to do tricks. So I had to like almost, almost push goofy. And then before I would like try a trick, I would do a little body vario and then do the trick. Like I wouldn't even push Mongo. I'd push goofy and I'd body vario and then try to do the trick. <laughs> and this was like the first, you know, first few months of learning uh -huh. how to skate. And then eventually, you know, I think my friends, which is good on them. They're like, you know, Hey, you got to learn how to skate the way you skate. <laughs> like you yeah. can't be doing that switch around shit, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're, you, they're good people, you know, <laughs> you might've been ahead of everybody though. It could have been like, nah, dude, I don't care which way I skate. I just skate every way. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, I remember I used to do kickflips a bunch. And then one time I was doing a kickflip over a crack and I vividly remember this. I kick flipped so hard that it like forward flipped and the nose stuck into the ground. And I basically impaled my nuts like forward into my board. And like it, I started gushing tears, everything. And I think after that day, I was just kind of like, I'm going to do heel flips. <laughs> like fuck kick flips. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my God. Did you end up finding like a local uh, parking garage or something that you would gravitate to in the winters and stuff or? We would really just go to that YMCA in the winters. Yeah. Oh, it was indoors. Yeah. And if we didn't go to the indoor skate park, we would, I would just skate in my, uh, my aunt. She has, um, she didn't really have stuff in her back room and it had wood floor. So I would uh -huh. just skate back there, like one push, do a trick, run into the wall. Like I destroyed that floor. <laughs> I destroyed those walls, you know, but she let me do it. And that is super nice of her to let me learn, you know, and that's kind of how I learned a lot of stuff. I remember I learned frontside flips and stuff just like on the slippery wood floor in the back oh. room. One push. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and who were some of the dudes that you were hyped on? Like who were like the dudes you looked up to at that time that if you were going to put someone on your wall out of a magazine or if their video part came out, you were definitely going to watch it over and over. 
I know as I like started learning how to really skate and do tricks, um, I was really into like Andrew Reynolds, all the Baker guys. Um, Ellington, uh, Ellington, Greco, Greco like, <laughs> like yeah, and, and then like all the zero guys too, because uh, I, um, I grew up on like Thrill of It All and all that stuff. So like I would just watch zero videos and that kind of imprinted like jumping down stuff, jumping down rails, jumping down stairs in my head. And that's like all I wanted to do, you know. Um, are, you, are you Tommy Guns? Are you Chris Cole or Jamie or who's your dude? Well, Tommy Guns and like Chris Cole were like later on, but I oh, love okay. those guys. Those guys are super sick too. But, um, you know, Jamie, of course, with those epic parts at the end of the video, he always had the end there, you know, and uh, I would always look up to him when I was a young, young buck, you know. Okay, sick. What was your first sponsor? When did you actually get like something for free? I think my first sponsor was a shop sponsor. Um, I Up think. Price? I think Uprise was my, like, the sec the first shop I was on was First Gear. And this was when I was, like, a little kid because Sinner and Marissa were on First Gear. So I was skating with that crew forever. Uh -huh. So they kind of introduced me to that shop. And that shop was down to sponsor me. So we got, like, I think, like, a free board every month and stuff. And, you know, they would send our videotapes out to the reps and stuff and try to get us hooked up. So I think first gear was the first one. Okay. Uh, I didn't get on to uprise till I was like a little bit older and I was more into like being in the city and not in the burb skating, you know? Right. What was your first non shop sponsor, like wheels or trucks or a board or something? I think my first non sponsor was, it might've been Satori to tell you oh, the truth yeah right. back in the day i was on satori for so long yeah <laughs> like like they were the cool. yeah they were like the first people that you know i don't know who it was through but they were like the first people that like oh i think because i know tosh and tosh oh. was riding for satori back then yep so he like m some of my friends from chicago moved to california and i would go out and visit and some of my friends, one of my friends films, his name's Shies, and he would film with Tosh and stuff. And I think he showed him my footage and then Tosh hooked me up with Satori. So, okay, yeah, I yeah. got Satori when I was a kid and it was super awesome to get free wheels and, you know, be part of the crew. They're like, they threw me straight on. It was sick. I was like, hell yes, this is crazy, you know? That rules. Yeah, Pales uh, told me to ask you, if you remember, he said they were at your house early, like way back when there was a subway going over or something. He's like, ask him if you remember, because even then that dude was into working out and he had his whole routine and stuff. He's like, <laughs> yeah. that dude inspires me to, to keep it going and shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've been doing that stuff for so many years. But yeah, Pales, the whole team came through. We used to do like the dopest trips back in the day where we would just jump into a van and just mm. drive. <laughs> like like, like we don't know where we're going, but we're going to skate. Yeah. And we would just sleep on uh, people's floors, friends' floors. And, you know, just we have a filmer and a photographer with us. We would just get clips and shoot photos and just have good times. And it was a bunch of skating and just a bunch of good vibes the whole time. Yeah. Um, 
I'm wondering if looking at mags and videos, was that, did that have you California dreaming and, and you're starting to think of like uh, 365 days of good weather <laughs> and like all these guys and spots and stuff like what, what, what does it to finally get you to move out to California? So I think initially it was just a lot of my sponsors didn't want to push me for, take me further because I wasn't around. So no one knew how I was as a person. No one knew. They could see my skate footage. Like I was, you know, putting in work. I was jumping off big things. I, you know, I, I put together like some good tapes. But, you know, you can be a great skater, but that doesn't mean anything. Because it's like you need to be a, the, the the team needs to be able to take you in as a family member. You know, mm. like you like you have to be able to hang out with this kid in the van for two weeks without this kid driving you crazy. So, so, so like by me being so far in Chicago at this point, um, no one knew how I really was except for the team managers that I would talk to, you know, they, they knew I was cool and whatever, you know, I was super nice. Right. No one knew how I was on a personal level. So I couldn't really get, there was like a, a wall and I couldn't get over that wall or past that wall unless I came to California and I hung out with the rest of the team and met everybody. So that was kind of one of the things that happened initially that like I really wanted to move forward with skateboarding. And then a couple of my friends also moved to California. So now I had places and spots that I could stay at. So that was like another thing where it was like, oh, easy. Like it was like, I remember Sinner hit me up and he was like, yo, like me and Trapasso have this apartment and there's rooms. Trapasso says you can stay on the couch for as long as you want, like come through. And that was kind of, that was the call where I was just like, all right, <laughs> like packed the <laughs> backpack, flew over, <laughs> you know? And that was that, like, I literally didn't go home for probably four or six years after that. Like I just booked it to LA and I just stayed there and I just skated every day and that's what I did. <laughs> I just tried to survive, you know? Were you, were you living in a van for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I, when I got out there, I, um, I was looking on Craigslist for like vans and stuff. Cause I wanted, my whole idea was to get a van. So then we all could go skate every single day, just throw everyone in the van. Yeah. But that didn't end up happening. Like I got the van and no one really jumped in the van. <laughs> we like, we would go into other cars and gas was so expensive for the uh. van. So it was just like, it was just kind of a, a second room. So I just kind of filled it with all my, like all my gear, my boards, my clothes, my wheels, everything. Like my whole house was in the van and then I would just stay in uh, Trapasso's house on the floor or on the couch. And that's kind of how I ran it for a while. Uh, was Trapasso, was that when he was on Toy Machine? Yeah, he was on Toy Machine, Converse, all that. Okay. And then is is that around the t when you start getting hooked up with the Baker and Deathwish guys or is that later? This was um, before, and Shake Jun actually was the first company to hook me up. Like Shane, 
yeah. goat mouth he hit up sinner because he was sinner was already with all the baker crew and beagle and everything they, mm. they were all super tight i skated with them a couple times and then shane hit up sinner and was like hey do you does anyone at your house want to skate rep the rep the junt you know like anyone down for the junt you know i do because it was like me trapasso and a couple other dudes there and like we're like hell yeah let's do this you know and they put us on shake junt at that point that shit. and through shake junt just like skating with shane and Vigo and all the guys i got to skate with uh andrew and ellington and stuff and that's how like talks of death wish came up ah uh, okay so you were kind of with Shake Junt, like one of the first guys, huh? Like from the early days. A couple years in, you know, okay. they had Shake Junt was around for a while, but this was like kind of when they started expanding it. I think uh -huh. that's like when more, more they started throwing. Yeah, yeah, that's when they started throwing other people on, and you know, I got, I got invited, and I was stoked, you know. And now a first impression from Shane Hay. First time I ever heard of Neen Williams by the homie Sinner. Sinner from Chicago, Neen from Chicago. Sinner was riding for Shake John, he was trying to bless his homie Neen, man. So he was just like, hey, check out this video, man, called Sin Habits. My homie Neen Williams got a little part, man, check it out. So we was watching it, and I was like, damn, Neen got skills, man. He back fiving down this big concrete rail next to a wall. He's at Temple University in Philly down that hub of the backsmithing and back tail of fake, just putting it down, man. And then sure enough at the end with the front crooks, just 30 foot. Ugh, man, hugging the block, baby. Yeah, sure enough, I finally get to meet him, man. He had made his way from Chicago to Long Beach and he was chilling with uh, him, Chapasso, and Center, man. That was the clip. They were just with the big baggy Hawaiian tees just swagging on him, man. That crew is sick, man. They still out to this day. But man, it was cool. When I met him, he had this big Scooby-Doo van-like thing. Like, he had the shag rug with the with the coach seats that swivel with the fridge and the TV in it. Like, Neem was straight living in this van, man, just getting it, dude. And man, he didn't even care if he was broke, hungry, whatever, man. Neem always had that PMA, man. Always bring that positivity, dog. Like, if he was just like, had a little avocado and chop it up, squeeze a little lemon in there with a bag of chips. He's like, yo, you want some, man? I was like, yo, you just made your little guacamole with a half avocado, man. Like, yo, need this shit, man. Always down to share, always bring that positivity. Just like, good dude to have on a session or just be around, man. Like, bless up, man. You're a real one, brother. Always fucking hyped to see you around, be around, doing your thing, man. Shout out to Neen Williams, bro. Love you, homie. Kind of skipping around, but you get on Death Wish. Is that when you got pro? Turned pro for them? I was am for a while for Death Wish. Um, I, but I had some parts coming out and a, a few interviews. Yeah. So like once I got on them, my shake jump part dropped. A oh, okay. couple of interviews dropped, one in Thrasher, Skateboarder. Like, um, I think I got the cover of Skateboarder too. And then my Deathwish part was coming out and they decided to turn me pro. 
So it was all kind of like boom, 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 you know. Was that like, did you see it coming or was it a surprise? Was it one of those ones? Because I've been to like Andrew and Shane, are, they're, they're fucking kick ass. And I've seen some surprises at premieres. I, I forget. I think it was Shane that got the board at the Shake Jump premiere yeah. or, or Beagle. One, you know, there's yeah, always a, like, ah. Yeah, but no, they Did you have that or was it kind of more like you saw it coming? No, they, they surprised the shit out of me because I was, you know, I was at that point in my life where I skated, uh, I skated super hard for so many years and I compiled all this footage and like everything was about to come out. And then I found partying and girls. So I started kind of getting into that and kind of like didn't skate as much, but I would skate, you know, here and there, but uh -huh. I was more like skate, skate all day, party all night, maybe skate the next day or recover and then skate the day after and party. Mm -hmm. Like I was in, I was in a party cycle to mm -hmm. the point where I actually thought, you know, everyone was bummed on me because I wasn't really coming out with like, that much footage at that point but i had parts that were all like set to drop but i didn't i wasn't really producing anything new because okay. i was just too busy being a fucking <laughs> shithead you know yeah and uh it was my birthday and you know i'm pre-gaming with all my friends at the house like we're just fucking taking everything drinking everything like i'm fucking i'm out like <laughs> my eyes are black you know uh -huh. <laughs> and then like everyone's like all right we're gonna like we're celebrating down at the bar the bar was like 40 feet 40 <laughs> yards away so you know i walk down there i'm so toasted so fried walk down to the bar and the whole baker boys crew like all the office people all the skaters everybody the whole team like all my boys they're there in the bar and I'm, I don't even think anything of it. I'm like, Oh shit, you guys came for my birthday. Like, hell yes. Cause I'm just so toasted. <laughs> like, I don't even know what's going on, you know? Huh. Um, so like we're partying, we're drinking, like it's a good time, all this. And then they like, they sit me down and we're all chilling. I'm sitting next to the bosses and then they bring out this present. And I'm like, oh, you guys got me a present? Like, hell yeah. They hand me this present and I like unwrap it, open up the box. And in the box, there's a carton of American spirits, yellows, and a bottle of, a bottle of Jameson. And I'm just like, oh shit, like it's on, you know? And I, I grab the cigarettes, I open them up. Like I grab the Jameson and I like start heading towards the door to like smoke a cigarette and like, just start slamming the Jameson. They're like, no, 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 no. And they like sit me back down. They're like underneath. And I like, oh, pick this like board up from underneath and there's a skateboard and it like, I flip it over and it has like my name on it. And I'm just like, what, like, is this a joke? Like, what is this? Like something for my wall or something? Like, I don't even know what this is. They're like, no dude, like you're pro. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is crazy. And yeah, the the rest of the night was just amazing, but it was the biggest surprise because I thought everyone was pissed at me, and then now they, but they were really just like giving me a board to like help spark, you know, like yeah. it, it it basically sparked 
something in me after seeing that board. I was like, oh, shit, you know, like, here we go, you know, like right. it's on. Okay. What birthday was that? Do you remember? Like um, how, your age? 26. 26. 10 do you think, years ago. Do you think you kind of found partying a little late or do you, was it about the normal age? Well, I mean, when I was in Chicago, before I moved to L.A., I would party super hard there, too. Oh, you I, were? I, I was so young. Yeah. Okay. You know, we started drinking probably at like 12, you know. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I would always I would always drink. I'd drink a 40 or something, but I, I never really got like super, super like crazy wasted or crazy into partying until I moved to like Hollywood because Hollywood, mm. it's just everything was accessible you know yeah there's plenty there's of people liquor store on every corner yeah and like you could get like any drug you want you could get as much alcohol as you want and mm. i never really had like a like enough money to kind of support the party you know and then i i was i found myself having enough money to support the party so then that just kind of made it even worse you know this is the part that's real interesting to me because um, I don't know, but I, I have theories, but you can maybe uh, elaborate a little bit. You got some icons in, in the family. You got Greco, you got Reynolds, the, you got Shane. These are three dudes that partied, they piss drunks. You got mm -hmm. Dustin Dolan. These are like glorified partiers, like all-time fucking gnarly like greco had an interview in rolling stone you know like rock star status uh but they've all they've all turned it around and gone sober and stuff so i guess my question is kind of like especially when you're partying is there two factions like if you go on a trip is there two vans one sober one not or is everybody just mixing and people are fine with the party even though they don't party anymore or like how does it go so nowadays yeah when we go on trips there'll be like uh we'll call it the sober van and yeah. then there's like the other van you know the other vans smoking and drinking and stuff we all don't mind it you know i i could be around it all day that's not going to change my um my decisions, you know, because uh -huh. that has nothing to do with me. If someone's drinking next to me, that's that's your deal. That's not my deal. You know, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean I have to drink, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, we usually have two vans and it's mainly just because like um, sometimes we don't like to get hot boxed, you know, I don't want right. to get hot boxed with cigarettes. <laughs> I don't want to get hot boxed with weed because yeah. then I get like that that secondhand high Hell ride of the century we get to a spot and then i'm wondering like why am i so hungry like, <laughs> i don't want to skate i just want to eat food and then I, then i remember like i'm uh, probably secondhand high right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's probably what's up you know okay but yeah we usually have two vans and there's enough of us where it's like there's enough of us that don't smoke don't drink that will fit in the other van. And then sometimes, you know, we switch off. Like some people will come in here, some people will go in there. It's just kind of, we kind of just mix and match, you know? And mm. none of us have a problem with being in either van because we're all family at the end of the day. So do you think, were you kind of a fortunate one that like myself, I haven't drank for six years, but I, I, partied, I partied a lot. Like, and when I did it, 
and I don't put anyone down for their decisions or their ways, but I didn't do AA. That wasn't, I didn't mm-hmm. need that. Um, I knew that I needed to stop and I acclimated out and I did it my own process. And I went that way. Some That's people awesome, need man. additional help and, and that to each their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but were you a fortunate person that like, like, for example, when I stopped drinking, I couldn't go to bars for a while because mm-hmm. it was a trigger for me. And like I was used to like using this as a social button. Uh, so I guess, again, what I'm saying is when I'm in the van going on a trip, that seems like the ultimate like how the f- like I would probably avoid <laughs> trips the first year of my sobriety because I'd be like, dude, Dolan's going to be so wasted and I'm going to want to drink with him or whatever, you know, like, yeah, you know, I- I'm wondering like how how your transformation was 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 it a struggle or were you just like no i'm off it and and you were fortunate to just kind of get out of it yeah i mean first off you know congratulations six years is a long time and that is super awesome that you did that you know pretty stoked you're still going you know yeah um yeah i did the same same thing as you i just quit cold turkey for me it was um it was a thing of like I wanted to, I tore my ACL and I wanted to heal as fast as I could. And I wanted to like come back better than ever. So my mind like switched gears. It was Mm -hmm. like, I don't need this stuff. This stuff is only hindering me and hindering my performance. Like I need to be as clean and clear as possible so I could focus on re-strengthening my leg, healing my injury, and like coming back with a punch and not just um, fading off, mm. you know? So right. I made this decision and I, I've always had a strong will, but when I was around it at that time, I just wanted to party and it was like kind of my first time really like party partying. Mm. So once I was away from it for a few weeks, it was a lot easier for me to say no and stay away. And just like you said, the first three weeks, month, maybe two months, I couldn't be around it. I couldn't right. go to the bars. I couldn't hang out with the people that I used to hang out with that drank and smoke. Like, um, I couldn't be around any of that stuff. So luckily for me, I was in a brace and I couldn't move because I oh. had the ACL reconstruction. Yeah. So I literally just stayed in with my girlfriend, my wife at the time, or now. Oh. Um, I literally just stayed at her house and did my physical therapy, did my stretches and all my workouts and just played video games and just hung out with her and ate food and went to the movies. And it was actually pretty smooth. And she actually, she actually quit drinking with me. So... So there was no like us going to the bar, like we would do other stuff. Like it was like, oh, let's go eat. Let's meet up with these people and we'll go eat or we'll cook dinner or we'll go to the movies. Like we'll do something more active, more social instead of being in a dark, like grungy, like bar, you know, and that really helped me stay off. Um, We didn't go on trips till a little bit, like obviously, you know, torn ACL. nine 12 months later now i could finally ride on my skateboard possibly do a kickflip 
mm. possibly do a slap slap a curb, you know. Yeah. And that's the hard thing about ACL reconstruction surgeries is it takes so long to be able to skate again. So, yeah, I mean, I had a solid year before I was even able to be considered to take on to trips, you know. Right. At that point, it was like once you have a year on your belt, it's kind of like your whole everything has changed, your whole outlook and everything. So it wasn't yeah. hard for me at all. That's interesting. The thing I, I agree with, the strong will is so important. I mean, I think it goes into your dedication to lifting weights and being healthy and eating and everything. It's like you need to be committed to your goal, whatever yeah. that may, may be, and just stick with it. And of course, just like skateboarding, it ain't easy. Like the mm -hmm. first time you picked up a skateboard, did you fucking bust? No. Yeah. So like, think of life as it's going to be challenging, but stick with it. And, and you can, and you'll, you'll get through the Rocky times or whatever. It's yeah. funny that you say the one year too, because that was my goal was like, I just, it was funny. Every year I used to get sober for February. I'd be like one month. Mm -hmm. I got to prove to myself. I got, I can't drink. Well, shortest month of the year, February, I'm going <laughs> 28 in. 28 days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one month, one year, it was New Year's. And I was like, I'm going to do a year this year just to Damn. see if I could do a year. And when I got to the end of the year, I was like, why would I ever? And yeah. again, I don't judge people. This ain't no, judgment. This, this is my not. journey. And I was just like, I mean, I'm older than most people. So I'm just like, hey, it's time. You know, like I was bored of it and I. I'd seen some shit too, like where I was For like, sure. you know, I've lost some friends through drunk mm -hmm. driving, just like all kinds of stuff. And so once I got to that one year marker, I was like, dude, I feel good. <laughs> I don't, oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you what you don't miss a hangover. Oh yeah. The minute you don't have hangovers and, and like I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't remember the last time I've thrown up. Like it might have been oh, like yeah. six or seven years. And like it used to be at least once or twice a maybe mm -hmm. a day sometimes. <laughs> like you'd be like, so there's a lot of shit. But uh man, congrats, dude. Like seeing Thanks, seeing seeing you through the Instagram mostly and like your journey and stuff, like it's been really uplifting. I know you're like a lot of people are fucking watching you and and getting like inspiration for sure a lot of inspo out there and i think in these hard times like with the covid all the different things that's happened in the last few years we need more than ever people to lift us up and like yeah. you know so I, thank you, you know, man i appreciate it tip of the hat on that and uh, <laughs> thank you so when you go sober what's the first thing that like you notice like because i'll tell you my answer damn pencil here's your time to chime in bro trading in pints for pints <laughs> you're gonna go from pints to pints pints of fucking beer to pints of ice cream <laughs> oh my god yeah because you gotta replace the you sugar you get that sweet yeah <laughs> yeah like so out did of you nowhere go to, all of a sudden you're eating more acai than you've ever eaten oh yeah like out of nowhere you're just like a, a sweet hog you know yeah. you're like where are the sweets? Give me cake. Give me, you know, yeah. cheesecake, whatever you have. Don't. Oh, I used to eat so many donuts. And yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But eventually that goes away, you know? Yeah, for but sure. But it's crazy because the whole time you're drinking, you don't really eat any sweets until mm. you stop drinking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, I never even fuck with candy or nothing. I was like, 
dude, I'm craving all kinds of like sugar <laughs> stuff. And then like, as I got, like, I'm getting older and I'm, dude, I, I feel so weird. A lot of the things that you're focusing on now, you never focused on earlier. Like, you're like, dude, I got to lose some weight. I got to like get this part of my body different and all this stuff. And you're like the key, like you read all about it. It's like cut sugar cut mm -hmm. sugar yeah, and you're like, yeah but that's what i'm craving <laughs> like yeah. of course right but yeah uh, that's always the hardest one and it's in everything too unless you you like literally just cook everything at home with like whole foods you know right just like yeah, stuff from the earth veggies veggies meat, you yeah. know grains just like nothing processed basically and that right. all that will just melt right off yeah. So what's your, what's your program? Do you have like a set? <clears throat> like, are you, do you have like a couple options for breakfast, couple for lunch, couple for dinner? Are you pretty like in tune with this or have you, has it become such a lifestyle that you don't even have to think about it and like you just eat whatevs? Yeah, it's, it's mainly a lifestyle and it depends on like what I'm doing for the 90 days. I, I break it up into 90 day cycles usually. So oh. I'll do like, like if I want to put on more muscle, like I'll do a bulk and I'll eat more than I burn. Yep. And for those three months, I'll eat specifically to put on muscle. And mm -hmm. then the next three months, it'll be like, okay, time to, you know, shred it out, like get off all this like extra fat that I put on so you can see the muscle. So mm -hmm. I'll do another three months of like eating a lot less than I burn. So I'll eat specifically for that. And then in the middle will be like the maintaining. So I'll eat perfectly with what I burn every single day. Mm. So I, I eat really basic. You know, I usually the, the tail ends of my days are usually based on like protein and fats. Mm -hmm. And then the middle of the day when I'm active, when I'm running around, when I'm working out, when I'm skating, that's when I eat a lot of my carbs, like my okay. fruits, my rice, my vegetables, stuff like that. So that's kind of how I base it because the tail ends, the morning you're, you're already in a fasted state. So your body's like burning fat. So I give it more fat and yep. protein. And then at the end of the day, you're not doing anything. You're just going to watch TV and go to sleep. Mm. So you're not burning any calories really. So I give it more fat and more protein. Okay. Is there a simple, like for beginner 101 style, like, let's say I want to like, I just want to lose some cargo around the, you know, the mm -hmm. love handles and the legs or are you, are, is cardio super important is, is like, uh, calories important that you're looking at, like eating less than you're working yeah, out. That's exactly what it is. It's not even cardio. Oh. Cardio is just going to stress you out really. Um, you can obviously just skate the more you skate, the more you, the more you're going to burn. So right. it's not going to feel as hard to eat less than you burn. Right. The, the main rule when you're, when you want to lose fat, want to lose some cargo around there, yeah. around the trunk is uh, <laughs> just eating less than you burn. Um, okay. The, obviously you could go into it a like more um, focused way where you download an app there's like one that I use that's called My Fitness Pal. Mm. You download that app and you could actually put in everything you eat throughout the day. So when you eat, it takes five seconds. You put, you know, five ounces of ribeye 
you know, yeah. a salad, whatever. And it'll, it'll generate the calories that you've eaten. So like you'll have a goal of like, you know, let's say two, 2,300 calories in the day. And you'll just fill that up throughout the day. And then when you get there, you're like, okay, that's that. And then after doing this for a few days, you understand how much you should eat during the day to be in this caloric deficit, okay. eating less calories than you, you burn. And yeah. then you, you don't even need to use the app anymore because you kind of know what to eat. Right. You know, and that, that's basically all it is. It's just um, eating less than you burn and just staying active, being active. And you'll see all that just fly right off. You already don't drink beer. So that's yeah. a lot of extra calories Dude, that aren't there. <laughs> so, I lost you 10 know. pounds the first month. Like yeah. it was crazy. I mean, I think it was a lot of water weight, but you're like, whoa. Yeah. You like see your it, face in, real your, fast. in your neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. It's amazing. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is this uh, phenomena ice baths right <laughs> yeah are you down I love those oh yeah uh, okay so i love them give me the lowdown uh is it when you're when you're first gonna do it did you go okay i'm gonna take a little bit of a cold shower okay i'm gonna take a colder shower and or did you go fuck it fill the ice tub up i'm jumping in <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gnarly i've definitely did my share of cold showers um uh -huh and like icing my ankles, which are gnar which is always gnarly um, to kind of build up to it. You kind of want to build a resistance to it. Um, yeah. You don't want to just jump into like 35 degree <laughs> wet, like water and like try to hold in there for three minutes, you know? Right. So you want to build a tolerance for it. Um, I would always say put less ice in first. If you have a digital thermometer, you can like oh. check it out, maybe do like 55 degrees. Then after two weeks, do 50 degrees and get yourself down to like 45, 35 degrees. And that's, that's like the, the sweet spot is like anywhere between 35 and 45 degrees. Uh -huh. And you could either just do a quick dunk or you can sit in there and just do the cold plunge and sit in there for like three to five minutes. But like, that's a wrap after five minutes, like get out of there, warm okay. yourself up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so you're in there about... An average of three minutes. Yeah, like you usually, what really helps is doing breath work, breathing through the diaphragm, you know, filling up your abdomen up with as much air as possible, uh -huh. doing like about two to five minutes of that first. And then when, after you like get into like a, like a crazy mind state, and then when you're in that mind state, then you jump in. And then you get right back into that mindset. You just hold tight and just like chill, you know, because you, you some people I see jump in and they like start hyperventilating. <laughs> and yeah. like, dude, no, 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 no. Chill, chill, okay. slow down, you know, like breathe deep, you know, it's like meditate, meditating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. So this is what I tell everybody. The first minute, minute and a half, your mind is just like get me the fuck out of here. Like it is too fucking cold. Get me out of here. Like your, your, your ankles are going to fall off. Your wrists are going to fall off. Get out. And your mind is telling you this. And you're like, I can't like, how much time do I have left? How much time do I have left? And you're like looking at the timer. And you're like, dude, I, I can't do this. I got to get out. But after that minute and a half, your mind just chills. It just goes, I'm, this is fine. This is good. I got oh. this. And you like go over this weird mental hump that like 
pretty much like makes you like it turns your mind into a beast for the rest of the day because you go over this like this freak out like chaotic paranoid hump and uh-huh. now you're like zen you're like chill you're like i could sit in here for 10 minutes if i had to like i'm fine okay and, and it's like so cold but you're like i'm good you know and that's the thing that i love about it so much besides obviously you get out and your body feels like like you're 10 years old or something, you know? So it's not only good for your physical, but your mental. Your mental, man, like so crazy for your mental. Like okay. you have to try it to where you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you try it at like 45, 40 degrees, I wanna do this. like you'll know, cause you'll be like, damn, like I wanted to get out of it so bad, but I, I held in tight uh-huh. and after a minute and a half, like I was, it was smooth sailing. I was in, I was locked in and then like felt great the rest of the day. Okay, sick. This is uh, something that people have told me um, about anxiety that um, if you get this dialed, it can really help you unlock some stuff with your mind when you're getting anxious moments and, and having anxiety. Like it's just a way of really getting in tune with like changing how you think and stuff for sure like just being present it's like meditation right. you know okay it's like All some right. crazy like intense meditation you just influence somebody and then seeing your acai bowls like that's my favorite shit like when i go to huntington beach oh, if i'm yeah. there for a week i'll eat seven bowls like definitely <laughs> every day i'm like we don't really have a place in sf that has like the good ones and i've never really learned how to make them at home and stuff but I, you make them just from at home right yeah yeah i uh, okay. i actually just made one like maybe two hours ago someone do you go daily no i haven't had one for a couple years or no i had one like i, I haven't made one for a couple years huh. but i had one i was staying in denver and there was an acai place super close to where i was staying so I would have one every single morning, just like you. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing that I would have that. And I would have a little bacon, egg and cheese sandwich yeah. too. So I would have like triple the carbs yeah. and a bit of protein and I'd go skate, you know? <laughs> so sick. Well, let's uh, finish up with skateboarding. Let's get, sorry, everybody, if you're not into what I'm talking about, <laughs> but I, I'm fired up on this shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, this is probably, especially for you, that's probably tough, but is there one thing that's one of, it doesn't have to be the, but like you were there and saw it go down on a skateboard, like Randall's front side flipped to 20 or like, I don't know, whatever, something gnarly that you're like, got everyone got in the van or you guys went out to the bar after or it was just like the hype. Fuck, I'm trying to dig deep because I've seen some gnarly stuff go down. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, man, so much gnar. Um, this might take a while. We might want to keep talking. Okay. While, yeah. Think while, of, my, my, while I yeah, think about that through one. here. What's do you have in mind? What comes in mind when you when you think of like epic skate trip that you've been on like a tour like Europe or South America or somewhere rad in the U.S. or like something with the best crew or just something that kind of like you've held on to out of all these years as like that one's still like pretty special. Um, I think like Baker Deathwish summer tour. I was uh, on one of those, the second one. And the kids are going nuts. 
kids are going nuts and we're just in the couple of vans and we're just crossing basically America and just crazy demos, crazy street skating, crazy after hours, just pure craziness the whole time and like tons of laughs, tons of good vibes. And it, yeah, th those tours were something else because we would pack everybody from Baker, from Deathwish into vans and just hit the road. And it was just like absolute chaos, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you have every single like every single attitude, every single lifestyle, everything like packed into a couple vans. And it's just here we go. But we're all like we all share the same love. We're all part of the same family. So it's just like just pure wildness you know Dude, i remember the premiere in la when the fucking they were trying to break into the theater there was riots <laughs> in the street so crazy it was insane uh is there one dude or a couple of people on the team that you kind of have bonded with that like you usually try to room with or that you sit next to in the van a lot more often than others or anything oh, yeah. like that yeah brother bone jay thorpe oh, shout out. he's the one yeah yeah because we're me and him we're like we're kind of like the most alike, like just having, like just how we are, you know, just we're very, we're, we're just hardworking and, you know, we, we mend well. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I'm always like, it's always me and him. And obviously to like the after hours, we like to kind of just chill, you know, mm -hmm. whereas like some people like to go do this. Some people like to go that we like to just eat good food, eat a steak or something and just hang out like, talk and watch tv you yeah know? he's the shit I, every time he comes to sf i usually try to hang out with the crew and like they'll come up and grab Alyssa or whatever and we'll go uh, yeah. skate in the hills and i i mean i can't say enough good stuff about baker and Deathwish. they they are the ones that are there's a couple other like deluxe obviously does it right too but every time i've hung out it feels like there's nobody that's not 100 percent family like everyone yeah. is just like it's like a crew and that Fuck, feels yeah. so good you know I, yeah. I really enjoy that like uh t-funk's cover we just had like the china banks premiere and it was like so sick that's the, dude people <laughs> so gnarly people don't know that is so gnarly yeah like in the way jacked. he did it so perfect you're like yeah it was like we're like because i just saw the photo first i'm like that's got to be sketchy landing and i was like nope <laughs> Yeah. perfect <laughs> just like it like it was perfect transition or something like uh, uh, was there one moment you lived with andrew for a while right when you were yeah. about to turn pro was there any rad bonding or something hijinks or anything crazy that happened in those times or was i mean that it was kind of a time that you were getting sober and he was helping you in some ways or, or what was it it was actually before i was sober Huh. But he took me in because I had nowhere else to stay at that mm -hmm. point. And he was like, oh, I got a guest room. You could stay here for a little bit till you get on your feet. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, you know. Um, so he let me stay in his guest room. And it was super sick. Me and him would wake up in the morning. This was the house that he had the skate park at. Right. And we would just, like, skate his park every single morning. And we would call it monk training, basically, because we would wake up. And it was like we'd, I, we would eat our like bacon, egg and cheese breakfast sandwiches. And then we'd just go straight to the park and we would ah. just go like 
50-50, frontside, backside, 5-0, frontside, backside. And we would just like run through the whole thing, you know, and just keep it going. And then we'd move up to the five stair and then do every flip trick we knew how to do down the five stair. And it was like every single morning, it was like clockwork. Um, and that was, I would, you know, I would do my run through, I'd kick flip them, I'd heel flip them, frontside flip them, all that. And then that was the time when he noticed my heel flips and he told me like, Neen, those heel flips are special to you. Like you need to keep doing that trick. Oh. And that was like when I pretty much stopped kick flipping stuff and I just only heel flip stuff. Because ah. I was just like, oh, boss, boss the says. Boss. Yeah, the that's boss why says. he's the boss. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was, that's kind of a very special story to me. And, you know, the way I've approached skateboarding after that was because of that, you know. I think your future is bright. How cool, man. Andrew's the best. Like, I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of miles with Phelps and uh, there's not a lot of guys that have like the phone call like Jake at two in the morning from our hotel room. Andrew, I was thinking, you got to ride for Vans. You just got to do it. (laughs) It's so sick. (laughs) That's so rad. You know, like there's only a few of those guys out there. And and when they're skater of the year, it's definitely so always been family. And Mm -hmm. like anytime we're working with Baker or Deathwish, it ain't work. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So that's for sure. But you don't have like, uh, you can't think of like, uh, were well, you at Tampa when Schaefer tried the loop or anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> No. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff that I've seen uh, recently was, of course, is brother Foy. You know, Jamie Foy is just Ooh, a, shout out. a madman. He's <laughs> so good and so consistent. And the were you at El Toro? I, I wasn't at El Toro, but I've seen him put down some shit <laughs> and like fast too, where uh-huh. like he, I always say like, he's like that, that dude where like normally if someone's skating a big rail, you kind of have a little sweat coming down your head for them. Like your hands are a little clammy. You're like, ah, I hope he gets in. Like Jamie, I'm always just like, ah, like just going about my day. Like, yep, ah, it's going to be done any second. Oh, yep. There it is. <laughs> you know, Like I'm always like, Cause I know he has his shit and yeah. I've seen him do some crazy shit. Um, and King of the road, when we did it with you guys, he grinded that steep, like 30 stair. It's like a 30 stair handrail in the Valley, but it's like a real 30 stair. It's not a, uh, like a long flat bar. It's like a straight down the hell 30 stair with the Muska gear and the Muska was there. Yeah. So he grinded that and that was like, probably one of the biggest like real like street steep rails I've ever seen someone do and he did that so easily with like the Muska track pants on and the little bandana and everything so I mean I've seen him I've seen him grind like crazy kink rails first Mm. try and yeah front crook back over crook big ass rails first try like yeah he's fucking gnar just stuff that I can't even dream. Like in my dreams, like I'd slam in my dreams and like he just does it <laughs> in like real Third life. Try. Don't go to the <laughs> liquor store. I'm going to finish this quick. <laughs> yeah. And he'll just like compile tricks. Like you'll go on a tour with him and it's like seven tricks later. Like you, you don't even have one yet. <laughs> and right. like he's like going on his eighth trick. You're like, dude, this guy's a machine. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
uh you mentioned you had a cover though right yeah mm -hmm. that was that trans world or skateboard mag or both it was uh trans world yeah trans world mm -hmm. did, was that like you were just shooting foes and ended up on the cover or did you kind of think that if i get this it might be cover worthy or how'd that day go we were just shooting um so with Supra back in the day, we would do these New York residencies, which was super sick. We would rent like Airbnb or rent a house mm. and we would all stay there. We'd, we'd have the house for like a month and like half of the team will come in for two weeks. Some people will stay for the whole thing and the other half will come in for the last two weeks. And we would just skate the city and just shoot photos and film every single day. Like the whole, idea was to make a cool edit out of all the footage and see you see you trend was out there shooting the whole time great yeah. person loves Good you dude. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. and uh yeah we were just we were skating one day it was super humid humid i was sweating just sweating through my shirts um we found this weird little obstacle where you ollied up a ledge and then there was a, a rock that was probably like three feet from the ledge. So you ollied up real quick wherever your feet were. You just popped and went over this rock, but it was like a big rock. It was three feet away and it was pretty big. So um, I was just trying to heel flip it and it was literally taking me all day. I just could not figure it out. It was just ollie up, like wherever your feet are, heel flip, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> and just like bailing and eating shit. And then I finally landed it and didn't really think anything of it, but CEO was like, oh, look at this. This is like the sickest photo. Like he was all stoked. I was uh -huh. like, hell yeah. Like went and partied, whatever. Just like, it was nothing, you know? It was like, I'll just heel flip over a rock, you know? Yeah. And then <laughs> a couple, probably like a month or two later at the, at one of the trade shows, they just like surprised me with it. They had like a big old board of it like a big poster and they're like, oh, look, man, you're like, you got the cover. And I was like, what? Like insane. You know, I think the surprise is the way to do it. I know Instagram's made it almost impossible now, but like Oof. you always <laughs> want like the, the guy to go into the skate shop or, or like yeah. you come in the mail and see that cover for the, fr like seeing it on Instagram just seems like, I mean, getting a cover is epic no matter what but like for sure having it like digitally on somebody's like hey you got this dude don't even get me started with instagram <laughs> i have such a love hate with instagram and like skating and shit with it you know kind of cringe it's just it's just too much i feel like it's just kind of like numb numbed skating down a little bit you know i feel you, like yeah do you, you think know, that it's gonna go away or no way i think like, are I've, people going to get bummed on it enough where it's just like, I mean, I I see people almost filming their whole life on it. And so, like, you're, you're over filming, I guess, because you're just putting everything on Insta. And then there's other people that are filming other people trying not to get tricks on Insta and they're putting it on their Insta. And you're like, dude, I was trying to film a part, fucker. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, most people in the industry understand it you know um and just kind of use it for what it is it's i mean it's a good marketing tool it's a right. good tool to like just post random shit or like get partnerships and whatever and then i think it's like on the positive side i think it's good for up and comers to get noticed sure and you know like get their footage out there because like how do you do that nowadays like mm. i don't 
like it's fully different. Like this is like the platform to get noticed. But yeah. then for like pros and ams and stuff that are already like in in the industry, filming video parts and like getting magazine covers and getting stuff in the magazine, I think it's like it's more of like it's it's just like almost better to use as just like a fun tool like like i i personally like if i when i post skate stuff it's like i want to i want to post stuff that like everyone can do like not super hard stuff that kind of like inspires and motivates people to go out and skate like okay, oh that yeah. line was sick like i want to go yeah. out and do that like i, I could do that line like i just yeah. want to go out and skate now you know that's like kind of what i want to post i don't want to post anything that i'm working on like i don't want to post some hard trick uh-huh. because then it's like once the video part comes out like you already seen that trick right <laughs> or, or like yeah. you know what i mean like and i don't oh. want to post my warm-ups on like big things neither because then you know i was there so you know right. what i've done on that thing almost yeah you it kind of takes the surprise exactly. it's like what you were saying like i i like I'm very old school though. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not like a young kid, like I'm I'm old school. So I, yeah. I still appreciate the video part. Like yeah, I wanna see absolutely. this like art piece that each skater because every skater is special. Like I wanna see what they created and what they brought to the table. I don't want like to see their special things like prematurely. Mm. on instagram <laughs> you know what i mean it's, so yeah I have it's a so hate. confusing because like as a filmer i've seen i mean even beagles using hd these days you know like every everybody's get there's there's the red camera everything's getting like higher higher quality and you're like but you're putting it on the instagram's like <laughs> this big of a monitor with yeah. your iphone like it's just like so confusing on that on that front i i'm with you but of course i'm old school like and i i appreciate like i always say like we watch apple yards fucking flip part every morning like Mm -hmm. i I didn't know who placebo was and then i ended up going seeing them because i saw the part so many times that that song was stuck in my head and uh there's just something to it like you want to see it on the big screen and you want to hear it and just everything like it's like a movie you don't want to watch a movie on your screen i mean if you have to on an airplane sure but like if you get the choice go to the fucking theater see it on the big screen yeah with the speakers the surround sound like all of it and watch it a couple times too you know not just once like you're gonna you're gonna learn some stuff each time whoa i didn't even see that or like whatever like oh man did you you know who's killing instagram though is mr kevin long i don't know if anyone oh yeah yeah. he's so good with it yeah all the changing of the heads and then the videos where they fly up into space like (laughs) he's nailing that yeah his stuff is so entertaining I love yeah. it. His stuff. Uh, well, what's going on with you now? Are you working on anything or are you just be learning how to be a dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the newborn in there. He's in the other room right now. Um, Rocco, right? Yeah, little Rocco. Shout out. He's, uh, he's sick. You know, he's, he's an awesome little guy. He got so chunky and like he's six weeks old. He's so chunky now, just like a little little like butterball you know <laughs> he's super sick what does he got of you does he have your eyes your nose like what was what is... i mean like he kind of has my face in a way really 
Yeah, like kind of has my nose, my big old nose and stuff. So, How I mean, cool. we'll, we'll see, so you, though. You can see a little yourself in them. Yeah, it's crazy, though, because babies change so much so mm. fast, you know. And yeah. just the whole, like, you know, parent life is it's crazy. It's it's you can never be ready for it until uh, you, like, go through it. It's like, so many people can tell you about it, but you don't know nothing until you go through it, you know? So okay. yeah, it's, it's been dope, but you know, I still, like I have a wonderful wife, so I still, I'm still outside in the streets. We're filming. Um, there's talks of like- You got a filmer like, down there? Yeah, yeah. Filmer, huge skate crew. Um, oh, rad. Tons of skate spots, tons of spots. Like Is it Primitive all comes of out here all the you? time. Yeah, dude, it's all like, it's so like I'm on cool. tour. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tons of spots. Um, really good spots. Lot, lots of marble spots, marble ledges, marble stairs, um, a lot of untouched gold. And yeah, huge skate crews. Um, what else is there? So yeah, I mean, we're just still working on video parts and all that good stuff. So. It's like for Death Wish, just put some, you just kind of, Death Wish just put something out, right? Uh, Baker did. Or Baker did. Yeah, there's talks of like some projects that are coming up with Baker and Deathwish. So okay, we'll see. So where you're my just collecting lands. clips and seeing w where it's needed. Yeah, and I just dropped something for Shake Junt for the Shrimp Blunt video. Yep. So that was recently. Um, but yeah, it's just like the normal skate life. You're always filming stuff. You're always trying to. Yeah. You're like working on your masterpiece at all times. So you're uh -huh. always filming stuff. You're always like, all right, let me try to get this like one big thing out of the way because, uh, you know, I have to take care of the kid for two months. <laughs> like if I get hurt, like I'm fine for two months because yeah. I have to take care of the kid anyway. So you're just always kind of juggling stuff around. But mm. it's been awesome, man. It's all doing all the same stuff and Good you know, on you. learning new tricks and Okay. Skate new spots. Are you coming out to California at all or just staying up there? Yeah. I've, so I've been here for two years, but I've been coming to California pretty much every, every month or two. Okay. So I've been there a bunch. Um, but recently, the past two months since my child was born and before he was born, when we were on baby watch, I've been here just making sure that I'm here so I could help out. Okay. But I think towards the end of this month, I'll be good to travel again and come back to LA and, you know, see my Brad. friends and everything. Well, big shout out to your wife, dude. Like, shout uh, out. obviously, Thanks, man. I'll let her know. <laughs> hey, I'll tell her this and just fast forward to this part. <laughs> Ride or die, we know this. Anytime you're going to take the bottle and put it aside and take this journey with your man, like that straight up is like, commitment to you and you guys are doing this thing together and that's fucking heavy then get married have a house together get a house have the baby like well, these are all life hammers and you guys are knocking them all out so thanks I think, man bam respect dude. that's the shining light amidst all the bullshit. appreciate it man yeah we uh we just wanted to jump onto that next chapter continue doing what we're doing with skating with her baking you know, with my coaching and yeah. do it in, like get ourselves like a solidify a home base and buy mm. a house and then, you know, get married and 
you know, have a child and start a family, but continue with life. But, you know, yeah. that's part of life too. So we, we wanted that to be going on too, you know, so it's okay. been awesome. You're going to be hyped. And like, uh, the obvious one I think is stretching, right? Like that's the most important thing as you get older for skating's longevity, like just being able to be limber and get out of bed and not be like, yeah. So the most important thing is staying up with your mobility, you know, stretching, foam rolling. And then also, you know, if you can add one to two days of strength training in through your week, that's going to help you out. Cause you want to like continue to like lift heavier feeling things. Cause that's going to keep everything strong. That's going to keep everything working. Right. Cause as you age, you start your, your body starts to deteriorate, you know, and if you're not doing anything to counteract this deterioration, um, it's just going to fall apart. Okay. So like, you know, just once or twice a week, you know, doing some, some weighted squats, you know, some weighted deadlifts, like anything like that is just going to help you last longer because your body's going through these motions and creating strength in these motions, like a deadlift. It's like you're bending over, you're picking something up, you know, and you're strengthening all those back muscles, your core muscles. It's like a, it's the craziest, uh, craziest movement. Cause it like works so much of your body. Mm. Um, that like if you never deadlift in your life and you start to age and things start falling apart like you could be like picking up your shoe and there goes your back you know and that's like things like things that you can do to prevent stuff like that you know okay. and you don't have to go super heavy or like super wild like i do i've been doing it all my life like mm. matt pales says i literally have been doing it forever like you don't have to do it like me but it's like just like adding a little bit here and there is gonna help everyone in the long run it's all about longevity it's all about the long game here and that's what I use my social media for is promoting the long game. Like we can yeah. continue to skate and skate the way we want to skate, you know, for the long run. Like we don't have to deteriorate. We don't have to settle for less. Like we can continue to jump down big sets of stairs and rails and skate ledges and skate fast. It's like for as long as we want to just have to, you know, do a little maintenance here and there. It's like ah. a car. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, dude, that's okay. I'm down. I, I've, yeah, the, the other thing Chico Brennan tells me is just roll every day, even if it's mm -hmm. a little bit. Just if the longer you're off your board, the harder it's going to be to get back on. For so, sure. like, just always keep it rolling. Even if you're not doing tricks, just skate to the store or something mm -hmm. and just like make sure you're on your board as much as possible and yeah being, just staying you know, active not right? not um settling for um like just sitting down you know mm. sitting down all day like you want to be able to move like if you, if you can't ride like maybe jump on a bike ride a bike for a little bit you know just anything just keep moving mm -hmm. you know never stop moving okay and then are you a coffee guy oh yeah <laughs> what's your what's your what's your regimen with coffee um so i'm not like super crazy like chemist coffee man i just <laughs> i have a um what is it 
Like a French press? No, I just have a norm. I actually like the little machine, the normal, like old school machine. So okay. I just rock that. It's like XOXO or something random brand. I don't know what it's called, uh -huh. but I make, um, it's basically a pour over in the morning. And then I add one tablespoon of ghee, clarified butter to my coffee and I blend it. So it gets all foamy and nice. So it gets like that extra fat and extra calories for me in the morning. Um, something about it, it's just creamier. I like it. You know, they claim that it helps you from crashing later on in the day and stuff, but I just personally like the taste of it. And I like, it, it adds the fat that I like for my breakfast too, you know? Okay. Um, so I do that in the morning and then usually in the afternoon, um, before I skate, I'll do a, uh, the, there's this machine. It's super sick. It's one of those ones where you put the pods in. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you put the pod in It makes your, your double espresso. And then I just add some whole milk to it, froth up some whole, whole milk, put that in there, put a little cinnamon on top. And I drink that for my afternoon coffee. It's the best coffee I've ever tasted. Yeah. I've been drinking. I used to only drink one in the morning, but lately I've been getting the afternoon one because I get that three o'clock like nap feeling. Yeah, I, like I know I know what you mean, but I don't even get tired. I just like the taste. It's like, all right, and I'm ready for some some frothy <laughs> well, milk espresso. Hey, like, <laughs> I got I got an addictive personality, so I think coffee is my new addiction. Like Alyssa told yes. me, she's like, "What else do you go to sleep at night?" Just like, I can't wait to wake up and have that person. <laughs> that straight like, up. That's where I'm at, too. Have insane. you ever, like, after a nice Italian meal, just getting that double shot of espresso? Oh, Ooh, yeah. So good. Uh, Bryce Knight. <laughs> I'm, I'm name dropping right now, I know. But BK, this, sh this shout out's for you. The affogato. Yeah, the, yeah, with the ice little cream. ice cream with the espresso pour over. That's forever, maybe. Yeah, that's like the ultimate dessert. Yeah. If I see that on the menu, I'm getting it. Like, yeah, guaranteed. We were, we were just a big syrup. My my wife ordered me one because she knew I liked one, and we're sitting close to the table next to us. And the guy next to us is like, he's saying it like loud enough we can totally hear him. He's like, you know, it's an American myth that you're supposed to have ice cream after dinner. Like, basically, just shitting <laughs> all over my thing, and I'm like. And we're like, hey, where where are you from? Uh, and he's like, Laguna Beach. And we're like, okay, figure. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's so amazing. Well, um, we always end it with a song. You got a, a a favorite song you're been jamming to lately? Um, let me check. Are you listening to like playlists and stuff when you're working out, or are you just yeah, like no, just like whatever Spotify makes me, I just press play and I just go. And it's oh, usually so you like, don't have anything like I need this hype. I do, I have some, but I don't really play playlists. It's huh. usually what spot because I want to find new music and I will, I'll add those to my playlists. Ah. So like if I'm driving to go skate and stuff and I want to listen to something, like I'll put it on. It's usually. I like listening to like a lot of like slower kind of, I, I guess, I don't know what they're considered. It's like almost like EDM slow beats. Like I don't even like it. It's not like the do, 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 but it's like uh -huh. slower, kind of darker, I feel. Um, uh. And then I also listen to classical. I listen to slow music. I listen to reggae. I listen yeah. to like everything. But when I work out, I usually have 
like something a little bit more uplifting to and Spotify always just makes those for me. I found that if you go and work out with headphones and then you go and work out the same workout the next day without headphones, it's a totally different experience. <laughs> Hell yes, dude. Let's do, uh, we'll go reggae. Let's do uh, take five, King Tubby. All right. I thought we were going uh, ganja in my brain, but we've already done that one, Tails. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Thanks so much for taking the time. It's fucking always rad. And uh, I, a lot of this stuff is seriously just for my brain to absorb because I'm always wanting to learn, especially the health kick stuff and like working out and like eating better and like who doesn't want to skate longer into life and feel better into life. Like, mm -hmm. especially when you get past a certain point, it's kind of all you think about is like, I need to like keep my longevity going. Like when you're young, you're like, oh, I'll probably stop skiing at 25. And then all of a sudden you're 40 and you're like, wait, I'm still skating. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. I thought I'd be dead at 43. What's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, hell man. yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me on, on your show. And, if you ever have any questions or anything, I'm, I have so much, so much up here. So I got oh, yeah. you. So hit okay. me up anytime, man. Well, right on. And good luck with the new journey out there and with the baby and everything, too. Thank you. Yeah. I hope I see you next uh, SF trip. IRL, dude, in real life. <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right. Nick, well, have take a good one, yourself. brother. Hell Thank yeah, you. You too. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.